Hello! And welcome to another episode of Verbal Wildfire. I'm <clears throat> Jezemiah Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, the world's entering the next phase where hopefully we're all going to die. <laughs> That's his government name. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's an asteroid coming close. Uh, there's a new variant on the horizon. Um, there's more Disney Plus shows coming out. And I kind of just want it all to be over. Yep. All this and more on <laughs> the next episode of 61 Minutes. You you still haven't seen the Bo Burnham special from earlier this year, have you? I have not. There's a song. That, I mean, it's pretty depressing, but like it's basically that. It's just like the fucking insanity of the last year and a half or two yeah. years. Like, why? I'm just... I was. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna s- start off on a very positive note here. Uh, before, as I was waiting for my laundry to be done, um, in my recliner, uh, well, not recliner. Fucking computer. It's not an actual recliner. It's it's a desk chair that reclines. I guess, tilts back, what have you. Um, and I'm I'm laying back in it, and and tears for fears is playing. Um, I'm just listening to it, and I'm watching the beginning of the Cowboys-Saints game. Um, and, Ugh. yeah. Uh, interesting note about the Cowboys that I'll get into in a second. But I'm just laying there, kicking back. And my thought was just, God, I wish it was all over tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just kind of tapped out at this point. Like, uh, I, just, I just don't. You know, don't really care. Um, a, a funny aside about the Cowboys. I, I I secretly am enjoying the fact that all Cowboys fans are getting super happy and they think that they're going places and all this shit. And as someone who watched his favorite team have Mike McCarthy at the helm for so many years, this is following so many of the past Packers seasons. Yep. <clears throat> it's 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 by paint by numbers at this point. Cowboys oh, yeah. are are playing a very weak division, which which the Packers did so many times. They'll get into the playoffs and then they'll fucking blow it. Yep. And then they'll all blame Mike McCarthy. And I'll just be sitting back saying, I told you so. So, you know, all, all positivity on this end. But, you know, I'm happy to play a part in their in their rise to rise to stardom. I'm sure the Saints are going to lose tonight. I don't even know who's I think fucking half the team is still out. Like, I know Kamara's yeah. out. This is how t- tapped out I am is that I'm not even watching the game and I don't even care anymore because our, our season's already over. So. I know Kamara and Thomas are still out. Obviously, Winston's out for the season. I think Taysom is starting as QB. Yeah, Taysom, Taysom Hill is starting. Um, uh, and Mark Ingram is... Right. So it's, it's interesting. So, a lot, of, a lot of Packers ties to this game. You have former head coach, former Super Bowl winning coach, Mike McCarthy, uh, who isn't there because, nah, COVID... 
Um, but former Packers backup quarterback Taysom Hill is mm. is starting for the Saints, and you know who is the second string running back right now? Former Packers running back and wide receiver hybrid Ty Montgomery. So yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of, a lot of things going on, but. Um, yeah, the world is in shambles, so we're going to talk about some stuff that have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Exactly. What a great segue. Um, so there's a lot on TV right now. We can't really cover all of it, but we have been covering, you know, we've talked about all of the Marvel shows so far. We were both very excited for Hawkeye. We're now halfway through, which doesn't really feel like halfway in as far as like Wait, what has happened in the episodes? show. Yeah, there's only six Oh. Uh, which is interesting, but so we're three episodes in. What are your your general impressions of? of um, well, I would have thought that there would be more episodes because it feels like things haven't really been kicked into high gear yet. Yeah. Uh, to hear that they're at the halfway point is surprising because I got to expect that Kingpin is going to be revealed um they gotta if they if they're already at the halfway point they have to reveal him like the next episode mm-hmm. they have to i would imagine maybe the next episode would be the the cliffhanger for the next episode um also uh florence Pooh, not related to cook Pooh. Uh, be has got to be lurking somewhere. I think she's, she's got to show up. Show up. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's I like it, but <laughs> I I don't love it just because not a whole lot has happened yet. Um, yeah. You know, I, I got a I got a kick out of the pin particle arrow. <laughs> that was cool. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm very surprised to hear that there's only three episodes left. Um, so I would imagine that the remaining three episodes are going to be just really, you know, stepping on the gas. Um, all gas, no brakes. Yeah. Let's see how things go. Yeah, because, like, it's not just so it's it's the, it's the kingpin of it all. It's the, the Florence Pugh of it all. But you also have they're clearly trying to deal with, like, Hawkeye having been Ronan in the past and like the consequences of that, but they still haven't directly referenced the fact that that was him. They've been kind of like tiptoeing around it. And I feel like they're going to have to, they're going to have to get to that point as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I'm thinking of like when we were watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was also six episodes at this point in that show, I mean, shit was already kind of hit, hitting the fan. I think it was episode three when John Walker killed the uh, the Flag Smasher. So, yeah, things were definitely getting into high gear. Um, yeah, I wonder if uh, what what is what is the new Black Widow's character name? Uh, Yelena. Oh God, I kept thinking Yolanda. Um, Yolanda Adams shows up. I think she's going to be the one to reveal that Hawkeye was Ronan because I think because she's trying to get him. 
yeah, you'll you'll hear some sort of pseudo like, you know, you were off the grid killing people as Ronin and and Natasha uh brought you back and this is what you did to repay her and you could blah 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 And she'll be like, What? And everyone will be like, What? And I'll just be sitting there like, yo, show me more of the dog. <laughs> um, so th- that's and earlier what I said to you, I'll also send here. Uh, I think that you are going to find out that Hawkeye was... So, I don't think Hawkeye was the one who killed uh, Echo the Dolphin's father. (laughs) Either one of two things. One, he wasn't really dead. I'm I'm not dead yet. You know, and then you realize that Kingpin was really the one who came in after the fact and was like, you're weak. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to use your daughter for my syndicate. Yeah. And then finally killed him. Or Ronan killed him, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't Clint in the Ronan suit. Yeah. That's what everyone seems to be thinking is that it wasn't, it wasn't Clint. I think that they have now backed themselves into a corner though, because if it's not, at all related to Kingpin, then that immediately takes away from when they eventually introduce him because he is so tied to her backstory. And yeah. the, fact, the fact that he was in the comics that he was the one who killed her father, that's a huge uh, arc for like both of them. Um, so it, I just don't know. And now obviously she's getting a spinoff series. So I imagine that will be explored much further in that. And everything is oh, a series now. Like, yeah. Who the hell is like I? I get it. Who the hell is gonna be like? Oh my gosh! You know what today is, Kyle? Today's Echo. <laughs> Echo Day. Echo Day. Sponsored by Amazon Echo. <laughs> um, it's man. I just can't believe I'm still waiting for for some goddamn Marvel X Men. Still waiting for that. Still waiting yep. for Fantastic Four. But no. Hey, guys. Echo. And yeah, hey, instead, guys, you're going to get an Agatha Harkness show. <laughs> like, give me... If you wanted to put um, Catherine Hahn in a show revolving around her, take her character from Parks and Rec. Oh, my God. I would love that. Maybe. Maybe. Go to the alternate universe. Here, I got an idea, Disney Plus, and you can stick it up your ass after I say it. Take the alternate universe Loki, who ran for office, mm-hmm. and then have her character from Parks and Rec be his campaign manager. Yep. Print money. Please and Profit. thank you. You're welcome. Profit. There is no step two. But instead, we're going to get Marvel Studios presents Echo where we're going to see one of these reveal things where Kevin Feige is going to be standing there in front of the new Echo logo, where he'll be talking, in Echo, we follow blah, 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 blah. And no one cares, and we're going to see the pain in his eyes as he actually, like, I, I just, I don't get it. Echo? Really? Well, if you look at, like, the series we're getting, we're getting Echo, we're getting... Like you said, the Agatha series. We're getting Secret Invasion, but as a Disney Plus series, which I don't, you know, whatever. Um, 
What else are we? I mean, the only one that looks interesting is the Armor Wars one with with Rhodey, because yeah. I feel like they can bring Justin Hammer back for that, and you can get yeah. some interesting stuff with that. You also get like an Ironheart series coming out, which okay, cool. I I personally, and I'm not speaking hyperbolically here. I've not met a single person who gives a shit about Ironheart. Um, it's but, you know, you know, what my problem with Ironheart is it isn't like. And it's not, I want to tread lightly because I, you know, do not want to liken myself to the people like, oh my God, I can't take a story because of that particular character who up until now I really didn't care about, but now (laughs) all of a sudden it's a big deal. Um, We've done that, like Tony Stark is so connected to everything. Like. Every single thing, the Spider-Man movies, and you're going to do an Armor Wars show, and now you're going to do an Ironheart show. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it feels a little overkill. Um, and you got the, you got Moon Knight. Um, which does look interesting. I mean, Oscar yeah. Isaac is a great pick for. Yeah, Moon yeah, Moon Knight is interesting. Uh, She-Hulk, I really don't care about She-Hulk. I'm more interested in how they're going to explain Banner going back and forth. Yeah, he was... So at the end of Endgame, he's still in, in Hulk form. And then the post credit scene of Shang-Chi, he is Bruce Banner. But he still has... Like the... Uh, he still has a sling on, I think. And then now in uh, She-Hulk, he's back to Professor Hulk, and he doesn't have a sling. So I, I don't I don't understand. A lot of people are trying to say that She-Hulk takes place in like the five year gap in Endgame. Maybe I, you know. Mm. That's if when I feel like. Why wouldn't She-Hulk? Why wouldn't she it, have been there? Yeah, it doesn't make sense because also the tone the tone is different. If you're supposed to believe in that five years, you know, gap, it was just like okay, everyone's just very. I don't know, anxiety ridden, sad, and all this shit. And then it's like right. She Hulk, a lawyer. He's a half hour it's, law comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's like putting Ally McBeal in the world of the Walking Dead. Is it like it's <laughs> Yes, please. Right. Uh <laughs> she's got a lot more to worry about than zombies picking out the right outfit. <laughs> Oh gosh, close yeah. the buffer. What the hell, man? <laughs> I just like, yeah. I I feel like we've gotten to the point of the MCU, and we've said this many times before that the MCU is a well-oiled machine that is like built for success. So even the, the stuff that we are not interested in, it's probably going to do numbers. And so yeah. the sad part is that they're not going to care whether it's like interesting to people or not. It's going to no. do numbers and it's going to be successful. People and they're just going to keep gonna making shit. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Miss Marvel, and they'll do that. Uh, yeah. The Marvels, gosh, which is, yeah. Like, we've, you've barely established Captain Marvel as a character. And now you're making a movie called The Marvels with like a bunch of different Captain Marvel characters. I think I, I was, I was thinking about this. And by thinking about this, uh, I mean, like the last five seconds. Um, they don't have Steve Rogers anymore. They don't have Tony Stark anymore. They don't have uh, Natasha anymore. Like all these characters are kind of bouncing. So now I think 
they're throwing so many new characters and just hoping a couple stick. Yeah. So that they can be the ones that are centered around. That's why they're coming out and saying they're not even like there there were gosh, I think rumors um online a couple weeks ago where it was like who knows what the future holds for Tom Holland. It seems like he might want more money or he might uh, want out or yeah. whatever. And what do they do earlier this week? They're like, we're already planning three more. So they're they're very carefully saying, no, Spider-Man is going to be our centerpiece now. Um, so part of it was my thinking that they're just throwing a whole bunch of characters and seeing what sticks. And if something, you know, if you and the Disney Plus is kind of like low risk. If yeah, Miss Marvel doesn't play well. Okay, well, she's still a supporting character in the next Captain Marvel movie, but she's not the character. Mm-hmm. Um, if She-Hulk doesn't play well, okay, well, it's still a Disney Plus show. It's not a big major motion picture. Um, yep. You know, I think Haley Steinfeld has actually come off pretty well so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. So maybe she gets more time. I mean, I... I think that's what they're that's what they're going to keep doing. They're just going to be, you know, introducing more characters and hoping that some of them actually stick the landing. My question is, I can't remember this. Uh, are there any supporting characters in Armor Wars that they actually announced? Uh, I don't think so. I, honestly, I think it literally is just Rhodey that's been announced. I don't even think they've confirmed Hammer. It's it's just Rhodey at this point. Yeah, they just confirmed uh, Maria Hill for the Secret Invasion. Yeah, show, which, which makes one. Yeah, no one cares, but it's, it makes sense. I mean, she's a Shield agent. Or, you know, was. yeah. Um, yeah. Like to your point of like all the throwing the new characters at the wall thing. It's also frustrating because it's like the last phase and a half. They've actually done a really good job of that, of like bringing in new characters, but in ways that it's not like overcrowded. Like I, I have my issues with Civil War, but I think what that movie does really well is it incorporates Black Panther into the story really well, right before his solo movie, and it brings in you know whether I don't whether I like the writing of Spider Man or not in these movies, it brings Spider Man in in a really organic way, so that when those characters show up later, it's not like out of nowhere. Like it makes sense in the context. Yeah. But now they seem to have abandoned that uh, concept <laughs> and they're just like, here's 15 new series that you don't care about. You know, here's a Howard the Duck show. Like, I, you know, I, I, I would watch the, watch the Howard the Duck show, but like they did it OK with WandaVision because I feel like Monica being introduced in that made sense. And now I'm sure she's going to play a big role in the next Captain Marvel movie. But I yeah, I'm just it's at this point, I can't keep track of how many new Avengers we're supposed to care about. Right, and who's gonna actually get the spot in the whenever the next Avengers movie is gonna be? Um, really, who do you think is guaranteed a spot? Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Strange, whoever's taking on the Black Panther mantle, whether it's a new Maybe. T'Challa or I don't even know because then it's like, what do they do with that? Yeah, uh. What's going to happen with Thor in the next movie? Um, really, there are only three that I can see that are that I would I would put my money on to say, okay, they are a part of the next Avengers team in the next Avengers movie. 
It's Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and it's Ant-Man. Ant-Man only because Kang is going to be the next Avengers villain, most likely. And yes. And going to first show up in Ant-Man. Right, so, but do we think it's Scott or do we think it's Cassie? Because as, as much as I hate it, I honestly think Scott's going to be done after Quantumania, which is dumb because he's only been around for like a few years at this point. But. No, I think... Um, I don't know. I, I I would put my money on on Scott and Hope. Yeah. Uh, being there. Maybe after that, they have like a Young Avengers movie or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just a lot. Because then at some point, how many teams are you creating? You right. know, if you're still going to eventually bring in Fantastic Four and then you're even further down the line, you're looking Dude, by the time X-Men comes out, I'm going to be in my mid 40s and I'm just going to be like. I don't want to see these movies anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's, but Hawkeye. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to bring it back to Hawkeye. So we are halfway through it, even though it doesn't feel that way. Do you have any like predictions as to what they're going to, obviously we know this next episode kind of has to be when they start bringing in the big guns, but do you, what are you, what are you expecting going into the next half of the show? So, some of my expectations, I think the end of this next episode, you're going to get the reveal of Kingpin. I think in this next episode, you're also going to, you might not outright see her, but now you're going to have to bring in uh, Yolanda into the story. Um, I think, so the way that the last one ended, whatever his name is, I, I let's call him John, Frankie, John, John, I don't know. Uh, the guy who held the the sword to, oh yeah, you know, Clint. Um, I think the next one you're you're thinking, oh he's bad, he's bad. Then you're gonna realize, no, he's actually good, and he's been trying to capture this because he doesn't want it to fall into the wrong hands. Yeah, whatever. It's probably the mom. Yeah, she's probably the one who's bad. Yeah, she's she's the one who killed the the older dude. Um, because he, the older dude, the, the grand, grandpa seemed to like, uh, Kate, mm-hmm. they had that little talk or whatever. He seemed yeah. was like, huh, he's not, I, I thought going into that, it was going to be like that, you know, watch where you're going kind of thing. He seemed to like her. Um, but yeah, that's my guess that the mother is actually, uh, she killed uh pop pop and she's like, pop, pop, pop. And she's going to wind up killing the, you know, her fiance. Yeah. Uh, and then she'll get killed by the end of it. And my guess and how this show is going to end, Clint's just going to make it in time. It's, we're going to get a, we're going to get a lethal weapon kind of ending. Yes. Clint is finally just going to make it in time for Christmas. And then he's going to be like, Hey, do you want to come in? Because all of her family is going to be fucking dead. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> and I would like to point out, so the end of Lethal Weapon. She does have the dog. She does have the dog. Yep. Yep. That's perfect. That, if that happens, I'm so in, because we all know that's, I love Lethal Weapon. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's my... Uh, 
this podcast. <laughs> He's gonna say it like that too. Like you want to mm. come in because you know, just to remind you, all of your family's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. He just goes because you know, where are you gonna go? <laughs> fucking graveyard. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I... mansion that <laughs> you know, just a bunch of dead bodies in there. <laughs> so. But also, if they want Echo uh, to have her own spinoff, at some point she has to choose to let Clint go to be like, "Oh, you're not the enemy." Yeah, derp derp derp, and. I think you're going to find out one of one of two things. Either Kingpin intentionally uh killed the father or is so is that is that her boyfriend or her brother? I have no clue and that's on the show. That's that's on them because we have no we can't tell. The way they're <laughs> talking, yeah, I don't know. Um I think it's her brother uh or like I, I don't know, whatever, but I think I, I'm going to call right now. He was the one in the Ronin suit. Mm, so he's okay. And he killed like on the orders on of the Kingpin. orders of Kingpin. Okay. Yeah, that makes that's sense. That's what she's going to, that's what she's going to discover. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's my guess. You know, Disney plus give me money. Uh, yeah, I, I am pretty much in the, in the same vein. I honestly, so I don't want anyone listening to think that we like hate this show so far. Cause I think it's oh, fine. No. Like it's, it's fine. It's, it's fun. And it's, I love the Christmas theme. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that the musical was fucking hilarious. Uh, you know, Hawkeye, I didn't catch it the first time I watched the first episode, but when he goes to the bathroom and the guy's like asking for a selfie, did you see the, what was written on the sink? Yeah, Thanos was right. Yeah, I didn't catch that the first time. That was funny. Um, I think he there he's playing it really well. Like Jeremy Renner, I've always enjoyed his Hawkeye, but he's really, really good in this. He's like this yeah. he's like you said, he's basically Murtaugh. Like he's too old for this shit at this point. Um I love the hearing aid stuff. So I, I, I like what they're doing so far. I just think that they need to now this would have been the point to have a great cliffhanger ending and they didn't have that, so it's like they really need to start picking it up yeah. at this point. You need to yeah, you need to you need to get going. Um, you know how many how many fights can they really have before the next thing you realize? Oh, it's the last episode. Right. Um, yeah. The fact that they didn't even meet each other until the end of the first episode, so it was a, it was a lot of setup, but then realizing, mm-hmm. oh wow, we're already at halfway. So I'm you know I enjoy it. I'm looking certainly looking forward uh, to the next episode and seeing how everything plays out, but. Yeah, it's just I wonder, wonder how they're gonna fit everything. So that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we're gonna go to a break, and we'll be back to talk about more TV. Probably go fuck yourself. This Sunday, what happened to the hikers in the mountains? Find out on the next episode of Nine One One on Fox. <laughs> I thought I was see those commercials during NFL uh, Sundays, and it's just it's the worst. But I have now seen something that's worse than that. It's that Susan Sarandon and one of the country singers are like, like they try to be Dallas, 
Oh, yeah. Singers. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, we got to keep up our country mogul. And I'm like, hey, I'm just saying you're not really good at it because I don't think Train ever had to kill anybody. <laughs> and they're doing pretty good. Although I wouldn't be surprised if you found out that like Rascal Flats had like an underground heroin empire, you know. Oh, like, I'm positive they've done some seedy shit. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> um yeah, they they've done some 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 seedy shit for sure. Uh well, we are talking about more stuff. Uh you saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, now at this point was like I don't know how long ago at this point, but um what'd you think? <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> um, so, how do you want me to stay away from spoilers? Or I no, I don't really care. I should probably uh, should have seen it at this point if I cared about spoilers. Um, so, it's a movie that is very easy to nitpick. Yeah, and from a logistical standpoint, there are a lot of issues. Um. You know, and this is one of those movies where it's like, hey, remember this? And, you know, it's heavy on the nostalgia, but, like, I didn't give a shit. It's Ghostbusters. So I was totally okay with it. Um, You know, it, it's, it plays kind of like a recreation of the first movie. Um, Guess who? So Olivia Wilde plays Gozer. What? Yeah. No one talked about it. Wasn't in the credits. And they show Gozer, and I'm like, holy shit. That's a little bit wild. The only reason I knew is because like she has a very particular shape of her face. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking. I'm like, holy shit, that's a little bit wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it was fun. Uh, the nitpicks, if I did have them. So... The the original Ghostbusters just kind of show up at the end. Uh, okay. It's like they're almost standing on the side. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, remember us? Mm-hmm. I think they might even say remember us. Or did you miss <laughs> us or something? Um, when it's easily like it takes place at like this underground mine, this old mine or something. Mm-hmm. And then they have to race back. Uh, to the house because she found out that so the movie opens up the movie opens up with Egon getting killed by the way oh he they like did he's they trying to so in the, in the beginning you don't they don't show his face okay but it's but it's definitely Egon and he's driving to his to that house and you see like he has some elaborate trap but it doesn't work so he's in his house and he's in the he's in like the seat you remember in the original one how they originally pull in sigourney weaver she's sitting in the chair and then the hands come out yeah same thing happens but apparently that kills him oh so you ah, start out i was I, don't. I was that was jarring yeah i don't, I don't know that if was, i like that. that was very jarring um and Ooh. yeah so I always thought, and they're looking to recreate that trap. Like, they're like, oh, he was, you know, he was working on something. And he was, because you find out there are certain points throughout, like, time that, you know, it's kind of like where where uh, Ray was saying, like, the 
something something of 1918 or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, and another date along that thing is 2021. So apparently Egon was trying to stop it. Um, so they go they go back to the house, and I thought they're fighting Gozer and everything. I thought the Ghostbusters were going to be at the house when they returned. Mm-hmm. No, they're just kind of standing off to the side in the cornfield. It's it's <laughs> yeah, it's odd. Um, also, so she calls e- Egon's uh, granddaughter calls Ray at his store, and then. She brings up Egon Spengler, and he's like, Egon Spengler can rot in hell. And apparently there was this, like, really big falling out, and it was all about how Egon just kept saying something was happening, but no one believed him, and then he, like, cleaned out all their equipment and cleaned out everything. And my problem with that is, so you caught ghosts for a living. At what point does it then become unbelievable? (laughs) You, You know what I mean? Like, if if we lived yeah. this life, like say we were catching ghosts and all this stuff, and we saw like this crazy stuff, like the dead coming back to life, and giant marshmallow men, and living paintings, and all this stuff. At what point? What is it that I would come up to you and you would say, "Nah, that's too much." <laughs> like, that's that's a. So there are certainly yeah, uh, a, things that yeah. you can nitpick that don't make logical sense. That mm-hmm. they just wanted. They had this kind of skeleton of a story, and they had chess pieces that they wanted to move into place and they just kind of lightly nudge them into that yep. direction. Um, now, could you fill in the blank? Sure. Is it possible to be like, okay, everyone moved on because Paul Rudd says, his character says, um, you know, there hasn't been a ghost sighting for like 25 years or something. So maybe if you want to say, okay, ghosts were gone, mm-hmm. everything was dormant, and then he just wouldn't let it go, and everyone had to move on, and he wouldn't let it go. Okay. Yeah. But they don't really come right. They don't really come out um, and say that specifically. It's just Ray going like, "Oh, you can rot in hell," and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, that's a little. Hmm. It was a little much. Um, there's a, there's a mid credit scene. There's a post credit scene. Oh wow. Uh, the it was. You know, it was fun. The standout, the standout was uh, the the granddaughter, of course. Mm-hmm. Great they actress. Recreate the first one, so Carrie Coon is kind of put into the the um, Zool. Mm-hmm. Um, the roles of you know uh, gatekeeper and keymaster are her, and then of course Paul Rudd instead of Rick Moranis. <laughs> um, they turn into dogs, and. Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of people would be like, all right, well, you had an opportunity to do something different, but then you just replicated the first movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was it was fun. Um, it was still way better than the 2016 one, because the 2016 one had just awkward, forced comedy that wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, this one played it way more serious than I thought a Ghostbusters movie would. Okay. That's what I heard a lot online was that it was a little too serious. Yeah, which I was I was totally okay with. Oh, I can't believe I didn't mention this. So there was a friend of mine on my pool team that had seen had seen it. Like it was at a Comic Con or something like that where they decided, hey, we're gonna show you the movie. 
And I asked him, I said, can you just tell me one thing? Please tell me there's no CGI Egon. And he said, no, there isn't. Well, there was, and he was full of shit. So towards the end, CGI Egon does show up and kind of as a ghost has like the proton pack and he's helping his granddaughter. And oh, fuck so that. The, the good thing I'll say, though. They didn't have him talk. Mm-hmm. And they apparently it it is Harold Ramis. They use some sort of like footage from him or something like that. Um, it the CGI looked way better than I thought it would. It's still a little. It still feels a little weird seeing it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the 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 backstory is that like he didn't even have a relationship with his daughter, who would be Carrie Coon, and I'm just kind of like because he was off doing this and he wanted to save the world and all this shit, and I'm like, well, you couldn't at least write a card, right? Or call her up. I I, I don't know. Or they could have even thrown in a line. You know how easy it could have been. You know, you could if you wanted to portray this thing that. Egon went too far off the reservation. He couldn't let it go and he became obsessed. Then at least have her say, my mother, or some revealing thing that it's like, oh, well, my mother told him to stay away. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do anything like that. Um, You know, instead, there's a little reunion where ghost Egon hugs her before he drifts away. And it's just like, that's it. Seemed a little forced. Yeah, it w- it was. They did it for the feel good. Sure, and, sure. You know, was was it a fun movie? Sure. Um, you know the the granddaughter was was the was the standout. Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. He, so, you know, it's Paul Rudd. I I kind of want to go see it just so I can. I want to go see it so I can watch Paul Rudd and something and like him again because I don't feel great watching the Shrink Nug store right now because I fucking love Paul Rudd and I'm like I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is a absolute yes. Slime that ball. is a that is a great uh, that is a great segue. So the last thing I'll say about Ghostbusters, um, solid movie, fun. There are probably going to be a lot of people. Who, who have gigantic problems with it because it's one of those things where it, it is a big nostalgia trip. They recreate a sure. lot of the same beats, a lot of the same stuff, the same villain, the same, you know, all of that. But at the end of the day, it was a Ghostbusters movie. Uh, it's not going to change the first one. Yeah. In my eyes, it's not going to change the second one. And a lot of people, I saw a lot of people Saying, oh, well, it doesn't acknowledge Ghostbusters 2, so Ghostbusters 2 isn't canon. Now, <laughs> I would like to point out that I'm disappointed in those people. Because there are two pretty major things that you would notice fall in line with Ghostbusters 2. Paul Rudd's character says there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 25 years. 25 years would approximately put you right after Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters also, 2 was 89, wasn't it? 89, right. Yeah. Also, Raise a Cult wasn't around until 
Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. And that's where he's working in this one. So anyone who says okay. Ghostbusters 2 isn't canon can suck it. Um, But it's not going it, to, you know, it doesn't affect Ghostbusters 1 or 2. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly fine. You know, if it's mm-hmm. not, uh, if it's not someone's bag, then, hey, you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, was it, was it a great movie by any means? I, I, no. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a solid, enjoyable flick. Something you could take your family to if, if you had one. Yeah. Uh, which I hope Gabe Bishop isn't looking to take her family to anytime <laughs> soon because they're all going to be dead. Uh, Jesus. Uh, well, you didn't mention it, so I assume this is a no. Do do we get a Moranis at all? Does he show up at all no. in the movie? No Moranis. Okay. Sigourney Weaver only shows up in a mid credit scene. Oh, okay. I would have thought she'd have more of a role. Okay. Uh, Janine shows up in the movie, and then the post-credit at the end is a scene between Janine and Winston. Interesting. Which was one of the more stronger scenes in the entire movie. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, the, I'll uh, just say the, this. The mid-credit scene has to do with Sigourney Weaver and uh, Bill Murray. And then the post-credit scene is Ernie Hudson and uh, Annie Potts. That's cool. Um, I will say about the, the CGI thing, I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people dislike that for the wrong reason when that they're like the CGI just looked wonky. And so it took me out of the movie. And yes, that's a perfectly valid reason. I honestly think it's just weird as a concept entirely. I think it's really like if there's a, an actor who has passed away, if you want to honor their memory, there are like a myriad of different ways you can do that in your movie. You, I mean, simple dedications are great at the beginning or end of the movie. I, maybe like talk about the character having died off screen. But I, I feel like the one instance where I, I really started to feel like I just don't like this CGI trend at all was Rogue One because the timing of that was really rough because it was, I think that the movie hit theaters like a week or two after Carrie Fisher died. And then yeah. you get that, which again, the other argument is the CGI just looked terrible, but the awful Oof. CGI Leia at the end of that movie. And it was just jarring because I was like, all I had seen in the news that entire week was like these tributes to Carrie Fisher. And then I was like, oh, that's, uh, you know, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, was... Yeah, I just, I feel like if you're going to do that, just find another way to pay homage to that character. I mean, I I like that they made it. I mean, I like that it's his family because... I love Bill Murray, but Egon maybe may be my favorite ghost Ghostbuster. Like maybe I don't know. So he has he has my uh, one of my favorite lines. It might be my favorite line in either movie, and it actually is in Ghostbusters too. Scorny Weaver goes to visit him, and then he's showing like he's you know baiting these people into situations just to see like how they change, and then. He has, uh, he sends like a puppy in, mm-hmm. and the kids playing with the puppy, and all they're all happy. And he turns to his assistant and said, "Let's see what happens when we take away the puppy." <laughs> <laughs> and it's so dry. His his delivery is amazing, even in the first one where it's just like we had <laughs> we had part of a slinky, I straightened it. <laughs> <laughs> That might actually be Ghostbusters 2 as well. 
Um, Ghostbusters 2, underrated sequel. It, it you know, it, nothing. And I think it does get too much flack because for kind of the same reason, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, okay, the beats are a little, you know, the, they, they change things a little bit, but really the beats are the same. Yeah. Instead of William Atherton, you have Kurt Young. <laughs> um, instead of them getting sent to jail, they're put in like psychiatric hold, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the beats are all kind of there. But you're never, ever, ever going to amount to the success of the original Ghostbusters. That is sure. like one of those lightning in a bottle movies that yep. everything is going to pale in the comparison. So I just don't compare it. Yeah. So yeah, it's its uh, own thing. But so yes, to use Paul Rudd as the crutch. Uh, the latest episode, as we're watching through Shrink Next Door, man, he—it's just. <laughs> It's brutal. He is such a slimy asshole in the show. It's brilliant. They're doing such a good job of catching back up to what we saw in the first episode. Because you you called it of like that you immediately was like that's the house he's gonna get he's gonna steal it from him somehow and you know they're now in 1990 and uh-huh. Paul Rudd essentially lives there at this point and has kind of taken that house from Will Ferrell. He's telling him to you know buy property and and all of that. I, yeah, well, it, the the first episode it was like 2010, right? Something like that, yeah. So they're they're close at this point. Um, what I'm curious about, I think it's five episodes in, and we have three left. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to bring back in uh, what's her name, Trish, Catherine Hahn, because um, she was completely not in this past episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have to deal with that because she is at this point stolen from him, and like they're. They're going to have to deal with that. Uh, I I still, even though he's done a lot to really manipulate and undermine him, I don't think he's done the the thing that gets him to that point in the first episode. I wonder what that is, though. Like, yeah. I, I, I want, so I know, I knew uh, a decent amount of certain things. Like, I knew about the charity before he brought it up, just because it was the le- it was the real story, and I had come across it, like, a while ago. So, but I do not know what the, like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know what happens that finally changes things. So, I'll be interested to see if that happens. If it's something, I, th- I think he, I think he has him committed. At one point. Wow. Um, And that could very easily happen because what this last episode did really well is that he's gotten, he knows exactly how to talk to him to get to manipulate him. He's gotten to the point where he now, like, oh, that that scene where he he said something and Parwin's like, oh, you're right. I'm a terrible therapist. I give up and like completely made the blame go on. Will And made Will Ferrell feel bad for even suggesting like, Ooh, the gaslighting is strong with this one. Like he just, yeah. yeah. So he's now gotten to the point where he he completely has his his hooks in there and is so good at like belittling him. And if he commits him, that's ooh, that's fucking. Well, that's terrible. what I was wondering. I was because I could I could swear that there was a shot of Will Ferrell being carried on like a gurney, and him looking up and seeing Paul Rudd like look over him. And I'm wondering, is that? how he gets full control of the property 
Right. Because Will Ferrell's character just isn't there. Mm -hmm. And does he finally get out? And then that's how he shows up and like wrecks everything. I I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cool, man. Yeah. I, I also really like the way they handled the, the thing with the stuff with like Paul Rudd's father was also really great because it's like he is an absolute slime ball, but it was just enough to like humanize him, like just enough there to like you kind of understand some of this where some of this comes from. The fact that he like clearly did not get what he should have from his father, so he kind of seeks it in other places, and so like they they do just enough to give that human side to him, but still make him just a fucking. <laughs> asshole (laughs) he's he's one of the people who like in a way is emotionally abused yeah so that he winds up doing it to other people sure and he just he sees it the light bulb goes off and he just exploits and exploits and exploits because he thinks he deserves it and it's just it's yeah it's gonna be a wild uh Wild couple of episodes left. I'll be interested to see how much is, you know, in either present day or as far in present day. Like, is the last episode going to take place after Will Ferrell shows up and then destroys everything? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they going to jump around a bit or is it still just going to show the lead up? And then at the very end, you'll see what you know breaks everything up i don't, I don't know I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes though yeah but. and this so this next one and it will be released as this episode of the podcast is released but episode six is called the party and it says so it's basically the ending of episode five it says dr ike and marty throw a series of extravagant parties at the hamptons house mostly at marty's expense so i think that's where you start to get Paul Rudd starts to get the reputation that he has in the first episode because he's like the host who like knows everyone at the, at the beginning of yeah. that. So and I think he's going to take credit for everything. And he's going to say sure. that he's the one throwing it. It's his money, like what he said at the auction. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you think she's going to show up again? Uh, Marty's date? No. Yeah, because like, I mean, the last time we saw her, Marty just left, right? Because he, he went to the hospital. So... Yeah. If yeah. we do, it'll be a very, very short thing uh, where maybe she goes to see him, but then runs into Paul Rudd, who, like, tells her a lie or something. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. she leaves. Um, but I don't think she's going to be, like, featured that much. Yeah, I just they they can do whatever they want at this point. They've They've done an incredible job of, like, setting up what this tipping point is going to be. So I have full confidence. Whatever it is, it's going to it's gonna work out incredibly well. But we have three left. It ends on the 17th. Um, yeah. This show came out of nowhere, too. I don't even think I saw a single, like, promo image, trailer, anything for it until it just dropped on Apple and I got the notification. And I was like, oh, Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, sweet. And then I watched the first episode. I was like, oh. <laughs> I saw a trailer and I thought it was a movie. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was yeah. I didn't realize it was a show at first, uh, but then eventually, you know, I started like looking stuff up, and then that's where I came across the actual real life story. Um, and then found that they were making you know a certain amount of episodes on it. So I'm 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 excited to see where it's gonna go. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so keep watching The Shrink Next Door. Uh, let's see. You also caught up on another fantastic Apple TV show. That is Ted Lasso. What did you Ted think? Lasso. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what is this? Like, oh, you mean Led Tasso? Like that, that show with uh, Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> um, so Ted Lasso was one of those rare things. Usually when I come across a movie that a lot of people um, can't stop raving about, it's hard for me to get into that show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's almost like a resistance built in. I watched a couple episodes and I was like, all right, all right, all right. Because there's a lot of soccer related things that I just don't know. So it's what that show's good at is you are learning these things through Ted learning them. Right. I had no clue it was called a pitch. I had no idea. I'm like, it's a soccer field. <laughs> um, you know, so, but as I got into it, it was one of those things where I'm like, all right, I'll watch another one. All right, I'll watch another one. Watch another one. I'll watch another one. Um, there, there are three things. I think I've, I've told a couple of people this. There are three things that the show does really, really, really well that these three things hooked me in. Um, one is their choice of music. Their, their choice of music is just. It's not just one genre. It's older stuff. It's newer stuff. Um, but I always find myself like thinking, "Wow, all right, they're real okay." Oh, Oasis. Um, okay. <laughs> two is that they always introduce a character that I'm not fond of, or that you know kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, not from a writing point of view, but they just like. Like the doctor is a prime example of that. Once the doctor showed up on you, ugh. Like really? Yeah. But then you wind up liking the character and then rooting for the character. Um, I think that happened for me at least, that happened with uh Jamie. Oh yeah. Um you know, it it happened for Nate, but then now it wound up swinging back the other way. I um Yeah. I'll I, I'll hold I, my thought on Nate until I you're done. I didn't like Nate initially. And then I found myself starting to root for him. But then it went the other way. And I noticed like these little things. And I'm like, uh, like the, the first, I think the first time that it really, really kicked in was when he was first scrolling through Twitter. Yep. And I'm just like, all the wonder uh, uh, thing. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Um, and the, the third thing that it does really well, and I think this is the biggest one. And it's also why it's gotten so much attention and people, seem to appreciate it a lot is that they have a way of telling something that is very lighthearted it's fun it's cheerful it's funny and then like bricks just falling on your head you'll get hit with something very 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 serious and they always seem to stick the landing it doesn't seem forced it seems natural organic very much in the way that like that's how life is um everything could be great you could be in a great mood things could be you know seem to be going swimmingly and then all of a sudden something just comes out of nowhere and it just cripples you Mm -hmm. um they do a really 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 good job uh with that those are the those are the big three things and then of course the little little bits um you know whether it's uh 
Roy Kent growling at a child or their fuck or yeah or the team's reaction at getting the dance to bye 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 correct <laughs> so good um or <laughs> or Danny Rojas <laughs> killing the mascot <laughs> it just <laughs> Oh my gosh! Standing there in the shower is, <laughs> and it, the way they did it, where it was just slow motion. I'm like, oh no, they're not doing it. It's just, or at the funeral for Rebecca's father, where he's not used to wearing dress shoes, so they're killing his feet to the point where he goes and finds a pair of her slippers, and he's just so happy. He's like a kid on Christmas. Like those things that they put into the background, you know, really are like the connective tissue. And then, of course, the they had the episode dedicated to Coach Beard, uh, which nuts. I I have an outstanding promise to anyone that on any future Halloween, anyone whatsoever, if someone wants to dress up as Ted Lasso, I will dress up as Coach Beard to go along with it, and I will Damn. do my best to find those pants. Now I wish you'd seen it because I did Ted Lasso this past Halloween. Oh. Uh, that's yeah. Beard is the fucking best, and it, with the the great part about him, so a good bit of the cast is also part of the writing team. So Brett yeah. Goldstein, who plays Roy, uh, they didn't have an actor to play Roy yet when they were writing the first season, and he was writing the character, and he was like, "I'll do it." Like fuck it. <laughs> Uh, which is cool. Brendan Hunt, who plays uh, Beard, is is a writer. To your point about it being, I, I think the reason it walks that line of being serious and funny is the creator of the show is Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs. And yeah. I don't know, there there aren't many shows that do that better than Scrubs. Um, sure. But so like, even like the behind the scenes stuff too, like Jason Sudeikis. I only found this out after watching season one, but. At the time of writing season one, he was actually going through a divorce with Olivia Wilde, like in real time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that really works its way into into the script in season one. You can definitely tell. I mean, he, he yeah. plays it so well. Um, but I do. I agree with the especially with the like the way they redeem every character. The only one like the Nate one. I think I'm fine with where they're going right now with him with this heel turn, it just, it felt his reasoning for it feels unnecessary, but I think that's kind of the point. Like we're supposed to be like, what do you, why when he has that big explosion at the end of the season, yeah, it's a, yells it's at the Ted. He, yeah. It's the shit he can't say to his father. Yeah. So he projects it and says it's a Ted. Right. Right. Um, so we'll, I, I'm curious to see what they do with that. I do, I do think it's funny that of all the characters they have, made us hate and then redeem. They don't seem interested in doing that with Giles at all. Like he's he's always gonna be a piece of shit. I do think it's funny that he's he's Rupert in this and Rupert in uh in and Buffy, which is disconcerting, but um yeah, he's the fucking worst in this show. I mean he's he's terrible. Uh, uh it's he br- he brought the baby to the funeral to <laughs> off. Like come on. So bad. That is awful. I, I will say so and and the last word about Nate, um, he did a lot of a lot of shitty things, you know, leaking out about the anxiety, mm-hmm. trying to take all the credit. 
um, trying to, to kiss, um, what's her name? Keely. Yeah. yeah. Keely, all the spitting, all, but the oh. one thing where I was just sitting there going, he really solidified that he'll turn like it was the final thing is when he ripped up the believe so yep. i'm like dude you are but this show is probably my guess is that he's gonna fail mm-hmm. he's gonna get fired by rupert and super embarrassed and no one's gonna want anything to do with him and they're gonna wind up taking him back and he'll learn a lesson like yeah. that that's my I almost don't want that to happen because now that's expected. Yeah. But well, that's what they did with Jamie. So it's like they would be just doing the same thing. Yeah. I, I do think the way they handled it with Jamie, though, I was very hesitant to it at first. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if they can do that. I've been burned by a Jamie redemption arc in the past Game of Thrones. Uh, so, you know, like I didn't know if they could really bring him back. I think the way they handled the stuff with his father, it was incre- that. I think there are moments in the show that made me like close to tearing up. And then the thing with his dad and then one him decking him in the face beard taken about as perfect as his classic beard. But then Roy, it had to be Roy to go yeah. over and give him that hug. And that, that was fucking it's, talking about music. That was a great music drop right there. But um, yeah, they, they were, they, the reason I like what they did with Jamie was that he didn't like just come back to AFC Richmond and then he was like welcomed back or like was just a good guy all of a sudden. He's still a bit of an asshole and he's like trying yeah. to learn how to be a good person. And we like he has his oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like even Roy is like super hesitant. I love in the finale when Roy like fucking headbutts him and he's like, so now I can give you a hug or whatever. Like <laughs> holy so I gotta dude, there was one thing that I just Keaton, that celebration. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw Major League? Uh, it's been a minute. That is their celebration at the end of Major League. Oh, really? <laughs> Corbin Burnson, Sykes Corbin Burnson, Dex, um, Charlie Sheen. Oh my and God! After, he does. Yeah. And after like they hug it out and everyone like that celebration, if if I would tell anyone, watch the celebration for Major League and then watch the celebration from Ted Lasso and you will feel like it is the exact same kind of feel. And awesome. when I was watching, I was like, yo, because Major League, Major League is um my fourth favorite movie of all time, my favorite sports movie of all time. So mm-hmm. that is, yeah, that, that that really got me on board. When I see references like that, I'm like, yo. yeah. That's, that's a great poll. Um, I do also love Ted just making all the random references and then Beard like backing them up. When Ted's randomly says something about Reagan and Beard's like, the actor? Like, it's just the best <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Now we have to wait for season three, which is the downside, because I didn't watch season one live. I watched it right before season two came out. So I had. Uh, so when did when did season two actually come out? Uh, it started, I think, in, like, I want to say July of this year and wrapped up in maybe, like, October, something like that. Oh, okay. So there's, season three is a ways away. Yeah, yeah. And they do weekly. But, yeah, it, it'll probably not hit to, like, maybe early 2023. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I, I'm curious to see what happens with Nate. I'm curious to see if 
I, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure how I feel about Sam and Rebecca, even though I love both of the characters. And I, I, I love Sam. I think he's a great character. I think there's a, I saw a lot of people say this and I, I, sadly I agree. I think that if, if the, the genders were switched and if, if it was a male owner of a club dating a, a female player, there would be a lot of questions raised. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I think, uh, I think there's a shelf life to that. Yeah. But also yeah, yeah. the press doesn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think eventually when the press finds out, then it's gonna, you know, be like a powder keg. Right. Um, but yeah, it's something, you know, something to look forward to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to season three, even though it probably won't happen for you know seemingly forever. Yeah, it'll it'll if anything, like Jim said when he first talked talks about it, it'll make you give a shit about soccer because I I still I don't even watch soccer. I don't, I don't you know I, I like playing, but like I'll I'll know what people are talking about when they reference soccer now. It's in certain terms. I'm like oh I, you know Ted Lasso I, taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I had no clue, I had no clue that there was a thing such as uh, relegation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had no clue what that meant. Um, and then it's funny. It's like, wow, yeah, Amer- American sports do not have that. Like, imagine if they had that in the NFL. <laughs> I don't want to because we would have been relegated so many times. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Lions don't even have a win. Um, <laughs> they got nothing. Their their big thing is a tie, so maybe they're just like Richmond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you're one of the if I was gonna say if you're one of the three people, but now it's two because Jim has finally watched it. If you're one of the two people left on the planet who hasn't seen Ted Lasso, go watch it so you can enjoy. Um, all right. We are going to finish out this episode with a game. Jim has has promised a, a brand new game that we can play. Okay, so I'm intrigued. This is something I saw on Twitter. Um, you pick a year, and you have to. I'm it, the post was five, but I'm going to go with four. We can do a okay. four movie pack. Oh, I saw pick this a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can only take four movies from that year. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes it interesting is. You cannot look it up, so you have to go off by memory. Mm, okay. Which means you can probably leave out something pretty glaring. Right. It's just kind of the one um, that comes to mind. Now, I could be a dick and be like, 1970, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so I, I will give you the first year. And I'm a little hazy on, like, I'm, I'm very good with the 90s, mm-hmm. pretty good with the 2000s, and pretty good with the 80s. Once you get to 2010s, I'm <laughs> Which is like, that's if you want to give me one from that, I'll I'll gladly take the 2010s. Okay, because I will mix up like I, you know, for me the difference between 2012 and like 2014 is nothing. I, I wouldn't be able yeah. to tell them apart. So <laughs> so you want me to give you one from that decade? Yeah. You know what we could do? We can one chooses a decade and then the other picks a year from that decade. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll go 2012. Man, 2012. You're going to pick the Roland Emmerich movie, 2012, aren't you? <laughs> John Travolta forever. Um, mm. John Cusack. Oh, I said John Travolta. God damn it. Uh, whatever. Fuck that guy. Uh, um, 2012. I'm going to say Perks of Being a Wallflower. 
I'm going to say uh, the incredibly underrated liberal arts. Uh, let's see. 2012. I'll say Silver Linings Playbook. And I'm not going to say the Avengers. I'm actually going to say the Amazing Spider-Man. For as much as we shit on that version of the character, that first movie, it's pretty fun. It's a good movie. Oh, okay. I would not have remembered any of those being 2012. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me, give me your in the 90s. All right, let's see. Um, let's go 93. <sighs> Shit. Um, 93. Oh God, you're gonna, you're gonna. There's one if you choose it. I'm gonna leave the podcast. I'm just gonna leave the call. No, I'm not picking Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what you're talking about, right? Uh, um, so, 1993. Now, I want to make this clear, and I want to preface this by saying, I'm not trying to say these are the best of 1993. Uh, these are just movies that I would gladly watch. Um, I'm going with Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, that is that is such a, a guilty pleasure. I cannot get enough of that movie. Um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Dazed and Confused. Nice. Um, Both movies I had no clue were ninety three. I'll go with Last Action Hero. Ooh, good call. Uh, I'll go with Tombstone. Damn, there's a lot of good movies from that year. Yeah, because so I can't still remember. Got Jurassic Park, you've got. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, wow. uh, couldn't remember many other ones from 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jurassic Park was 93, but I wasn't going to pick it. Um, yes. Was uh, was Sleepless in Seattle 93? I think that was 92. 92? Okay. Yeah. Good, because I don't want to live in a world where I didn't pick Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> uh. Um. All right, give me one from the 80s. Um, 1985. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay. 85, let's see. Back to the Future, obviously. Um, you got it, you got it. There's a bunch of movies that I think are 85, but I think they're later. Like, I, I, Lethal Weapon is 87. I might need a refresher on what came out that year, man. I, uh, Back to the oh. Future, there's, um, I'll give you, I'll give you some 1985 movies. Um, Once Bitten. Uh, Teen Wolf, The Goonies, Breakfast Club, uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, um, Rocky 4. Oh, okay. Um, Weird Science, Fright Night, uh, Commando, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Is Predator 85, or is that... Predator, Predator is 87. Okay. Okay, um, I'm gonna go... Back to the 
future. I'm going to go uh, once bitten. You call her purple. <laughs> uh, back to the future, once bitten, Rocky Four. And I guess Commando. You know, there's a big one that I know you would be picking. I know. I know there's a big one that I can't think of. Did you hear what I just said? Which one? Demons is 1985. Oh, okay. Well, then fuck all of the three I said. Yeah, it's Demons, Back to the Future, Rocky Four, and One Spin. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You pick pick 80s. You mean 80s. Uh, let's say 89. 89, okay. So right off the bat, I have to go Ghostbusters 2. Yep. Um, I have to go Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, I'm going to go Back to the Future 2. Oh. And I'm going to go Major League. Wow. Okay. The 89 is like the big, that's probably my ah, favorite fuck, year. Ah, fuck, damn it. I just forgot another one. Because, yeah, you got... Kickboxer uh, is 89. <laughs> Kickboxer. You got Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Harry Met two. Sally. Batman. Uh, Batman, yeah. There's a lot of good ones in 89. Yeah. Um, hell. I mean, no, I was going to make a joke. I was going to say Halloween 5. Uh, <laughs> when did Hellbound come out? You said Hell, that reminded me. Because Hellraiser is 87. Hellraiser is 87. I want to say Hellbound was probably 88. Okay. Yeah, um, I keep forgetting. And in the 80s, horror movies are just yeah, year, Hellbound year, is, year. Hellbound year. is 88. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, <clears throat> all right, pick a decade. Uh, give me 2000s. How well do you know the 2000s? <laughs> Two, 2008. That's it. Okay, I know that year a good bit. I'm going to say Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, give me Iron Man. 2008. Give me... Is Moon 2008 or 2009? I'll check it. 2009. Okay. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Iron Man. Uh, let's go with... I know there's a there's a big elephant in the room. I'm not picking the Dark Knight. I whatever, Dark Knight can go fuck itself. Uh, right. Iron Man, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, I know Vantage Point came out on 08, and fuck it, man, I love Vantage Point. All right. Uh, and number four. I know what you're gonna pick. You're gonna pick Fool's Gold. <laughs> Picking that from McConaughey's bronzer. Um, I don't know for my fourth one. Is there a night at the museum that came out in 08? (laughs) (laughs) The first one was 05. I'm pretty sure Battle for the Smithsonian was 08. No, that was 09. 09. Damn. Yeah. Uh, uh, You got the hangover. You got uh, role models. You got the happening. Thanks, thanks killing um the incredible hulk tropic thunder uh, oh tropic thunder oh uh, tropic thunder okay tropic thunder yeah all right all right 
Um, I guess we could do we could do one more. Um, give me two thousands. Uh, let's go two thousand two. Okay. Well, pretty obvious. I got I got to go with Spider Man. Oh uh, yeah, you do. Spider Man, Spider Man. I'm really tempted to take Halloween Resurrection. Uh, <laughs> gosh, ah. Uh, uh, 2002. I'm trying to. No, that was 2003. Daredevil was 2003. Um, I just, I just want to take it for the the Evanescence uh, song where. Electra carves up the bags of sand. <laughs> That's all I really want out of life. Um, the deleted scene where her doorman comes in. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. All this sand. Gosh, 2002. Um, I will go with John Q. Hell yeah. I think it's 2002. Let me look Could be up. 2001. Um, I, I think it's 2002. Let me see. John... Yeah, it's 2002. 2002, okay. Um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Blade Two. Hmm. Uh, shite. Um, 2002. I'm trying to, it's hard to pinpoint because there's some I'm like, no, wait, that was 2001. I was almost gonna say Ocean's Eleven, but that's 2001. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, one more 2002. Uh, it's a great Tom Cruise movie. It's Collateral in 2002. Oh, Minority Report is 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna pick it though. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a Rollerball. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why do I remember that's 2002? That's all. Um, gosh, I, Born Identity. Okay. I'll go born identity, yeah. I think there's also when did signs come out? Is that O two? Either O two or O three. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. That's a good game. We're gonna have to bring that back because I I yeah. could go for for plenty of years for that one. Um, yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Verbal Wildfire. We will be back same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, just an update. Dan has indeed watched Angels with Uzis. He has watched Legion. So we're going to have him back to talk about that movie. I'm going to have to rewatch it, honestly, because it's been a hot minute. But um, I'll do anything to talk about Paul Bettany. Uh, yeah, you know, and only if one of us would have picked 2010, we could have just said Legion, 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 Legion. Legion times four, yeah, that's right. Four times in a row. <laughs> um, you know, but on a, on a very serious note, before before we say goodbye, I just want to point out that Jimmy Superfly Snooker is a murderer. <laughs>